They are easy, but because they are hard. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. A date which will live in infamy. I still have a dream. Good night and good luck. Hey, 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 it's Matthew Culkin on One American Podcast. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm just trying to talk to you like we weren't just having a conversation right before uh, we went live. (laughs) Fair enough. enough. (laughs) So what's your scoop, man? Uh, Well, I'm a a rabble rouser and an immigration lawyer and uh, a widower and a father of twins. That's my deal. Wow, twins. Boys, girls, both. Boy and a girl. They're almost teenagers now. So you name them Luke and Leia or what? Close. Uh, I, I, I keep their names private for, for the... Oh, for the of course, internet. of course. Sure. But, uh, but they are named after royalty. What if, what, if I had, what if I had guessed it right? Would that have just really pissed you off? Like, it's supposed to be a secret. Motherfucker, <laughs> That's some funny stuff. It's like in, the, in Spaceballs when he's like, what's the password? And he's like, one, <laughs> two... Three. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I guarantee you my Schwartz is as big as yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love that movie, but uh, it's a good one. Um, yeah. So, how did you get into immigration immigration law? Uh, pretty easy uh, and fast story. My father was an immigration lawyer, so mm-hmm. um, when I graduated from law school in '96, I started clerking for him. Uh, sat mm-hmm. for the bar, passed it thankfully, and. Uh, it was just a great opportunity to have my father be my mentor and uh, ultimately my partner. And uh, he just recently retired after, gosh, he's just about to turn 83 and just retired in February. So 55 years of of practice. Wow. Congratulations to him. That's exciting. Well, so what's he going to do with all his time now that he's retired? Uh, Well, right now he's actually watching my twins. (laughs) They're, uh, they're going to camp and he's, he and my, my mom have got them. So uh, it's, uh, it's a nice little break to, be able to relax for a couple of weeks. So that's awesome. So in terms of immigration law, is there like a, a specialty or an emphasis that you have? What kind of cases are you working on? I've got a full spectrum practice, but I've really mm-hmm. made a name in deportation defense. Um, okay. I, I, I'm sort of a hired gun. I go all, all across the country to stop people's deportations. I, uh, I like to say that I represent the Constitution of the United States. If the government wants to deport my client, they're going to have to do it the right way and they're going to have to get through me. Mm-hmm. So what are, um, I, I, I'm just totally ignorant of this. I mean, obviously, um, I, there's, there's a lot of controversy around immigration, just generally speaking. And, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the left sort of makes it look like the right doesn't want anybody to immigrate here. And then the right makes it look like the left just wants to let anybody in, right? Which is sort of a gross exaggeration on both sides. So from a practical standpoint, what is actually happening and how do you think it should be? Or how does the Constitution suggest that it should be? Well, uh, obviously, Congress makes the laws, so they Congress can make the law whatever they want want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, with respect to the political divide, um, I don't really think that either party uh, is really genuine on the issue of immigration. Um, Democrats benefit from there being no immigration reform to a certain extent because they can use it as a cudgel uh, during the election years to say that if you don't vote for us, um, you're never going to get out of the shadows or... Mm-hmm. Your, your family member is going to get deported. They use it as a scare tactic. And um, 
there is the flip side of that where um, Republicans say that all that the Democrats want are new voters. But realistically speaking, you don't just become a citizen. There's a long process to become an American citizen. You first have to become a green card holder. And then once you have your green card, you have to have that for five years. And after you have it for five years, then you have to apply for naturalization. The whole thing can take a decade, uh, right. realistically speaking, I mean, or, or the better part of a decade. So, And then from the Republicans, they're a little bit more, um, I would say, ideologically pure on the issue of immigration. And they're not lying to you. They, they, they want to deport people that are here illegally. And they want to limit who want who can come to the country, and I think that their policies play out their their stated desires. So, what's wrong with the system as it is? Do you think that it takes too long for people to legally become citizens of the United States? Because ten years, I mean, that's like one one seventh of a lifetime. Well, I, you know, I, don't think, I, I don't think that's a problem with regards to how long it takes to naturalize, and the reason why is. Um, I think that citizenship is something that you should earn over time, prove that you're an individual yeah. that maintains good moral character, that you've been paying your taxes, that you don't have any types of convictions in your record that negatively reflect on you as a human being. Citizenship is special. You know, you're not, unless you're born in this country or, or if you automatically derive because of your parents, if you were born outside of the country, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's something that should be aspired to. And a lot of my clients that are green card holders never apply for naturalization to become a citizen. It's not something that everyone wants to do. Um, you, just have to re you just have to renew the green card every five years? It's 10 years, actually. Well, it depends. Okay. If you get a conditional green card, that's a two-year green card. And then you have to um, file a petition to have the conditions removed. And, and then it would go to a five-year um, five green card. But then they can issue them for 10 years. But in any event, regardless, um, it's th that's just the validity of the card. It's not the validity of your status. It's sort mm -hmm. of like um, your passport expiring. It's... Um, uh, if your passport expires, you don't stop being a citizen of, of the United States. You just don't have a travel document. But as to answer the other part of your question as to what's wrong with immigration, um, our current system, which was designed when Bill Clinton was president, um, it it's all stick and no carrot. Uh, and it doesn't serve the needs of American citizens nor uh, the employers of this country that need labor. And I know that there's a, a very large contingency of people that say, well, you know, people that are in this country should be doing those jobs. They're not gonna do those jobs. And there right. are industries that will be completely crippled without immigrant labor. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about uh, lawyers. I mean, we got plenty of lawyers. We, you know, and uh, although you can come to the United States as a lawyer, I know a few, foreign nationals that are lawyers in the United States. But if you don't want to pay $50 for a tomato, you better thank your lucky stars that you have immigrant labor. And, and there needs to be a system that is very, very simple where Congress designates specific industries that the U.S. Department of Labor has already assessed as being um, campered by a recognized labor shortage and say, okay, if you're an, if, if you're an employer in that uh, in that industry, all you have to do is file a form to to designate yourself as uh, a, 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 uh, an employer, uh, like a form worker, mm -hmm. employer, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then individuals can come to the United States with a specific employment based visa. That's it. You just apply for that and then you come to the country and it only allows you to work in one of those industries as long as you can prove that you're, you're qualified and make it simple. Match up labor with employers and mm -hmm. make it so and then you have to 
follow those employers, make sure that they're actually hiring individuals that are authorized to work in the United States. And if they're screwing around, bar them from the system. Now they're going to lose their labor force. That's a really simple way to do it. And honestly, it's long overdue. So I think that one of the sort of implications, though, I'm not sure that it's ever been explicitly said uh, from the left side of the argument is that, look, you know, these people are practically refugees that are kind of pouring over the border. And um, it's so expensive and difficult to get into this country legitimately that if we don't accept them, it's like a humanitarian crisis. And I don't know if that's true or not, but which is why I wanted to ask you, like, if I'm if I'm born in Mexico, poor and I'm 25 miles from the border or whatever, and mm-hmm. I want to legally come to the United States and stay for as long as possible without breaking any laws. What does that look like? It's incredibly difficult. Incredibly okay. difficult. And the, the, the program that I just outlined, which would be very simple to design and implement mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. monitor, would facilitate all of that legal immigration. And more so, it would alleviate the burden of Customs and Border Protection because the vast majority of the individuals that be coming to the United States would be coming lawfully. And the people that would be sneaking are ones with, that are the bad hombres, to quote mm-hmm. President Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the ones that have particularly serious crimes that mean to do us harm. Now, the other thing is that if you wanna go through that process, it's gonna require vetting. You're gonna have to apply for a visa. You're gonna have to get your fingerprints taken. You're, there's gonna be clearance that'll have to be done. We'll know who these individuals are to right. a certain extent. I mean, obviously there's, always the ability to game the system, but vast majority of the people wouldn't need to. And the, the way I have always phrased it is the best wall is a legal immigration system that works for everybody. Yeah. Um, and you don't even have to make it so that system, if let's say hypothetically, if the Republicans are gonna dig in their heels and say, we don't want new democratic voters. So make it so that this, these individuals um, can come to the United States with this type of visa, but they're not allowed to adjust status from inside of the U.S. to a green card. So they can't get a green card from inside of the country to circumvent the normal lengthy process to rec- that is required, but potentially um, doesn't necessarily preclude them from getting a green card down the line through, I don't know, some earned pathway. Who knows? I, yeah, I don't... See, the challenge I have with that, though, is that let's just say somebody comes over here and they're legally allowed to work for five years in a, in a, in a specific field or industry, right? Mm-hmm. And then while they're here, they um, uh, maybe have a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And then their kid is a, a U.S. citizen, but then they lose mm-hmm. their job or the five years goes up and they have to go back to Mexico. The kid's a U.S. citizen. It's like, man, that's, that's going to create like tricky familial Huge dynamics, problems. right? Right. Huge problems. Um, and the way the law is set up that the child can't sponsor their parent until the, uh, the child is 21 years of age. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I mean, realistically speaking, I mean, they're depending on what industry, I mean, especially if there's a, a series of industries that have been designated that allow foreign labor to to jump from job to job, and they're not indentured servants to and tied to a specific employer. They have the opportunity to go to whatever employers have signed up for this process. They may right. be able to get another job, especially in the in the in the the farming industry. I mean, they're always looking for people. Always. Right. Yeah. I don't think there's I don't think there are many unemployed illegal immigrants, but maybe I'm maybe I'm way off base on that, but it doesn't seem to me that there are. <laughs> they work their asses off. Let me tell you something. I mean, this country from the beginning of this country was built on the backs of immigrant labor. I mean, all of sure. the all of the monuments of this country were built by immigrants. 
I mean, they and legal immigrants. Yeah. And it was easier so, for them to come here to do that back then. So if you, man, and maybe this is my privilege speaking for lack of a better term, but you know, if I want to go to Mexico, I just, I just, I just get a passport and I, and I fucking go to Mexico. Right. And obviously, you know, visiting a country is different from uh, inhabiting one for a period of time, but I still don't, I still, as an American who is actively interested and constantly observing politics, I still don't know what you have to do to come here and get a green card. Like how expensive is it actually? Okay. Like what's the deal? <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the nutshell, the okay, nutshell cool. version of what you need to do to get a green card through an Thanks offer of Thanks for humoring employment. me, by the way. I appreciate uh, you. Not a problem. Uh, through an offer of employment or through family sponsorship? Ooh, let's do employment. Let's just, let's just okay. assume there's no family here already. The worst case scenario. Okay. All right. So the employment-based categories are broken down into tiers. Uh, and depending on what your qualifications are, will determine what tier you're in. And that will determine how long of a wait you have. But mm -hmm. before you can determine if you have a visa, because basically in order to come to the U.S. with a green card, you have to have a, an immigrant visa, a green card visa to be able to come to the U.S. To get that green card visa, there's a prerequisite. The U.S.-based employer wants to sponsor you, in most instances, has to first go through the U.S. Department of Labor to determine, to be able to determine that they've undergone a recruitment campaign to try to find U.S. citizens or lawful permanent residents to wow. do the job. Once they get that labor certification, then they can file a petition, an immigrant petition for alien worker with U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Once that petition is approved, notification go to the consulate abroad. If there's a visa available, and then they can apply for that visa. And then once they have that visa, they can come to the United States and they're admitted as a green card specifically to work for that employer. But in certain categories, the wait can be a decade. Uh, I mean, if you're from India or China, you're not getting a, you, in, for, in, in a lot of categories. Here, I'll just let me pull up the visa bulletin. And it changes every month. So every month you get new numbers. Let's see. Hopefully my computer's working. <laughs> okay, so employment-based, first preference, uh, that's the, the priority workers. Second preference are members of uh, professions holding advanced degrees and persons of exceptional ability. Third is skilled workers, professionals, and other workers. Fourth are special immigrants. And then fifth is employment creation. So for China, if it's for China, we're talking from China, and you're a family, China. Or, yeah, China. Uh, it's mostly current, ironically, but that's because of the pandemic. But if you're from China uh, and you are second or third preference it's a three-year wait for second preference it's a two-year wait for third preference one-year wait for other workers and so for third India, preference third preference is like say you want to be a landscaper right yeah Just that's really yeah, really hit the worker. stereotype on the head so you, yep, you got to apply worker. and wait three years while you know while you're right. desperately trying to figure out how to take care of your family in mexico ironically right now mexico is current for all of those for employment base which is uh -huh. Very, it's unprecedented. Um, India, but India, which is a large percentage of the employment-based immigration, because they're coming over to fill, you know, as professionals, as skilled workers, uh, members of, of uh, professions holding advanced degrees, things along those lines. Second preference, which is uh, advanced degrees and people of exceptional ability, people that we want here. It's a mm -hmm. ten-year-plus wait. So, I mean, if you're from India... Well, on the other right? hand of that, though, on the other hand of that, if we just take everybody's best people, it's good for us, but man, that really prevents them from fixing their own country. <laughs> well, it's not my problem. 
Yeah, you're right. I, you're right. I understand. I like I'm an American first guy like, too, but it, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, if, if we don't, if, if if as long, but as long as the rest of the world sucks, it seems to me that we're, we may have an immigration problem in the United States. Well, I think the rest of, of the world, you know, always, the rest of the world's always going to suck, and 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 this country is kind of circling the drain these days. I mean, if, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. especially with what just happened today with the infrastructure bill. If, yeah, if it gets through the plan. house, if it gets through the house, and they go through reconciliation, I mean, there's no way that we are ever going to pay this back. No chance no. ever. It's, no. I mean, it's mathematically impossible. There's more debt than there is money. So, I mean, when does hyperinflation, and now we're on a tangent, obviously, but hyperinflation is going to kick in. And, and, and once hyperinflation kicks in, it's over. Yeah, they'll blame it on crypto somehow. And then they'll uh, make crypto illegal because everybody's going to just move to it naturally. Well, you know? they're trying to, they're, they're, I think that there's stuff in, in there to uh, to tax crypto at a disproportionate rate now. I, yeah, I don't know the details, but I know that there were some uh, antagonistic um, uh, attitudes in, the, in in it. But uh, it's not being reflected in my portfolio, so it must not. It must be pretty vanilla. Yeah, normally I, when I, bad I'm, news happens like that, you know, there's just there's just a crash and it's just it's up. I'm, you know, I'm 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 a Gen Xer. Crypto is still a little bit out of my my wheelhouse. I, I don't really. Yeah, understand well, that. I'm a millennial and I don't understand it either. Because I don't understand fiat either. Doesn't doesn't fiat doesn't make any damn sense to me either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're telling me that this piece of paper is worth you know <laughs> well, I don't even know what to compare it to because it's not it's not based on any standard. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Uh and I think the gold standard flipped when I was a kid. I was under Nixon. Seventy one was it seventy yeah. one? Seven yeah. That yeah. sounds right. I mean I was just well, an think, infant, basically. I think everybody was calling our bluff. Um, on how much we were spending in Vietnam, like France and these other countries that had, we were, we had all the gold reserves and they were demanding uh, gold in exchange for us dollars. And we didn't have the gold because we printed and, uh, and Nixon had to pull us off the gold standard because we couldn't honor the, uh, mm-hmm. the exchange. Well, did you happen to catch Biden today? His press conference? Uh, no, I did not catch right. his press conference today. I, I, didn't he I, like, didn't he like wander off a sidewalk? <laughs> I heard that. I didn't see that. But I, heard that <laughs> I didn't see it either. Something along those lines. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, hey, whatever. Uh, there was one thing that he actually said because they were asking about withdrawing troops from Afghanistan and whether or not because of the fact that uh, the terrorists are taking over the country again and are over overwhelming the um, um, the Afghani militaries, uh, whether or not he would reverse course. And he's like, "No, we spent enough money there." And I'm like, well, "I agree with that. I mean, we don't, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to be spending any more money on foreign wars. They've been going on." For for most of my adult life. Yeah, it seems to me, and I don't know the, um, like what the Intel community knows and if there was some, you know, very important and highly classified reason for these wars, which seemed to me to be, have been ridiculous, but it seems to me that it would have been totally acceptable for us to just go over there with special forces, find Osama bin Laden and just assassinate him and then be done with it. You would have thought, I mean, right. I, I don't, I don't know if he escaped to Afghanistan. I think he did escape to Afghanistan immediately. He was originally in Afghanistan. Yeah, that's why we went in. It's like Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda was all you heard before it was the Taliban. Well, but Bush yeah. went into Iraq first. That's my recollection. Mm-hmm. I think he went to Afghanistan first. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty yeah, sure that I we could did be wrong Afghanistan. Too, I don't remember anymore. And then we invaded uh, Iraq right after that because um, the, the false claims of uh, weapons of mass destruction. It was either bad intel or a lie. I don't know. I don't know which, but um, uh, I'm pretty sure that's how that happened. But it's neither here nor there. Um, my point is just why don't you just why don't you just assassinate the guy responsible for the terrorist attack instead of you know being in a war for twenty years? We, like for the first time ever, we have we have people who are at who are serving overseas in, in combat who, who whose parents are also 
serving overseas in combat well, at the same time. <laughs> I, I just got done reading. Uh, I binged all four of. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Jack Carr. He's um, sounds uh, like Navy, a superhero. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, he is. He's a real life superhero. He's a Navy SEAL sniper. Who? Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, and he just wrote. Uh, not just. He's been right after he re- uh, retired. He wrote four novels. Uh, and one of the last novels talks all about this issue, uh, uh, about 9-11 and who really started 9-11 and right. whether or not, and, you know, apparently there was, there potentially might have been a, a larger connection to Iran, uh, Iran than, um, than what we've been led to believe. But in any event, read his books. They're fucking great. I'll have to check like that, that kind out. Of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I do like that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, just speed reading, couldn't put it down. I do uh, I do books on tape and uh, yeah. the narrator that does I don't know if you do audible or not but there's this Yeah I do. Uh, there's a there, um oh gosh I can't think of the name of the the narrator. The narrator that does Carr's books is one of the best in the business. So I sort of jump from the to from book to book based on uh, a couple narrators that I follow. So that's how I found Jack Carr. Okay. And he's got I'll a good to check podcast that out. too. Yeah. What's it called? Do you know off the top of your head? Put you on the uh, spot. The podcast? You call yourself a real fan. You call yourself a real fan. I know. I'll have to go on the Google and see what what Al Gore has. That's okay. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. Don't sweat it. Uh, Danger Close podcast. Sounds good. It's on officialjackcar.com. Shout out out to Jack Carr. Awesome. You should send him an invoice for that. See if you write should. I should. Uh, But I, I think I actually owe him because... The, the amount of pleasure I got out of reading his four books, I got out. I, I'm way ahead of this equation. Yeah. Um, you know, my, honestly, my just kind of on the topic of Afghanistan and Iraq, my whole, my biggest issue with what happened after 9-11 is the, really the Patriot Act. I, I don't know what you think oh. about that, but it's, it seems to me oh. that domestic surveillance is a major issue and really catalyzing a lot of our other problems right now. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a libertarian. Uh, I've voted okay. for two Republicans in my entire life and no Democrats. And I've done libertarian. Which Republicans? George Herbert Walker Bush, my first vote ever in 1988. And then uh-huh. based on what I saw, and I, I was a two-time Jer- Gary Johnson voter, was actually asked to be a delegate for him uh, in the state of New York. Uh, and really, really thought seriously about voting third party up until the impeachment trial. And I saw the first impeachment trial and, and, what I saw, I just thought was basically just political retribution. There was literally nothing to justify what they were doing. And hey, 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 there we are. I don't know what happened there, but we got it. We got it fixed. We got it going. <laughs> All right. So in any oh, yeah, I got a plan um, B. So, so yeah, did, you said um, the first one was HW. Yeah, f- first one was HW, and then I voted for Trump, and I voted for Trump because of uh, the first impeachment trial. I just thought it was such a sham, and it really pissed so me off. So you voted for him. In twenty, you didn't vote for him in twenty sixteen, but you did in twenty twenty. No, voted for Gary Johnson two two elections in a row. Uh, voted what is Aleppo? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was embarrassing. Huh. But I mean, you know, what, that's honestly, okay. Everybody, everybody has gaps, man. I, I just, I just like to tease him for it. I'll be honest with you. When, when, when they asked the question and he said, "What, what is Aleppo?" I was thinking to myself, "Yeah, what the fuck's Aleppo?" It was. I wasn't. Paying, I, I didn't have the answer either. Right. So, well, if you're I mean, an America first sort of minded person, it's like, why do you, why would you give a fuck anyway? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and why is it that they asked him such a specific uh, name of an area rather than the country? I mean, it's like, come on. Right. They, they were trying right. to get him in a, a, in a gotcha. But he, I mean, Gary Johnson wasn't it was a flawed candidate. I mean, bottom line. 
Yeah. He just, I like he him wasn't, though. he's fun. I, oh yeah. I love Gary Johnson. Uh, uh, and I wish I would have lived under his uh, governorship in New Mexico. Um, that, from what I was, I think he got a balanced budget when he was in there. Yeah, almost unheard of these days. Impossible. Possible. Okay, in... so, so two, and then libertarian all the way. So, what kind of what? What? It's funny because you, you, when you when I when I hear immigration lawyer, I don't it doesn't immediately scream libertarian or anything no. other than left. So, are Far you the left. only one? Pretty much. Are you the... There's a few. There's a few. Do they hate you? Do they oh, all hate yeah. you? Oh, they absolutely despise me. Why? Do they hate you because you're a better lawyer than they are, or just because they, of your that, they, they do? They do hate me because I'm a better lawyer. I know that's a pompous thing for me to say, but I'm a fucking better lawyer well, than they are. Yeah. But the, yeah. Uh, I uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pat myself in the back. I went. I had a 10 year win streak broken in the, the third year of the Trump administration. So it took Trump t- about two and a half years to finally give me a loss. Uh, and I was undefeated wow. for the entirety of Obama's term. Um, wow. I, I don't like to lose. Uh, so what is the, what is the, what is the illegal deportation that you fight look like? Like what is the, what are some of the what's the shit that they try to pull? Oh, uh, well, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to pull anything. The government literally can just walk into court with no preparation, with mm-hmm. doing minimal work whatsoever, and it's all being rubber stamped. Um, but I mean, that's my job. My job is to is is to move the needle. And you have to come in and you have to be able to present your case in a way that's going to make the judge want to help your client. And so much of it is fact-based. There's a lot of law there. Um, and chances are, if you're arguing the law, you're going to lose. It's just mm-hmm. as simple as that. Because um, the law doesn't really necessarily favor the immigrant in most instances. So as a lawyer, how do you win a case without arguing the law? Well, I mean, you have to you argue statutory eligibility for the relief that you're requesting, but but a lot mm-hmm. of the cases that I have are criminal are criminal aliens, individuals that have been convicted, have green cards that have been living here legally, and might have been convicted of a crime that subjects them to the institution of removal proceedings, and then you have I to see. break down you have to break down uh, what the what the precedent says with respect to that specific conviction, and a lot of times there is no law that guides you and you have to hmm. do your own independent analysis and then present that to the court in a persuasive manner. So what kind of like, you know, minimum crime do you have to commit in order to be eligible for deportation? Well, like a DUI, okay. like see, no, uh, well, there's some DUIs, aggravated DUIs have, uh, can, can potentially be considered to be a crime involving moral turpitude. Uh, hmm. so basically a crime involving moral turpitude within f- one conviction, a crime involving moral turpitude within five years of your lawful entry to the United States subjects you to removal, and there's really no, no way to, to, to waive that. After five years, you need two crimes involving moral turpitude to be removable. So what's the minimum crime? Some assaults, some simple assaults. A crime involving moral turpitude is one that is basically, a, you know, one of the, 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 one of the sins, something that, that um, is morally reprehensible, something that society frowns upon. It, it requires a mens rea, something where you have to intend to do the evil. It's not a statutory crime like going like speeding. You know, it doesn't make a difference if you were speeding because you needed to get your, your child to the hospital. You were speeding, you get pulled over, so there's no mens rea there. There's no intent required. Mm. So typically um, an intent is required and the minimum conduct necessary has to be something that would ordinarily be frowned upon. Theft is almost always a crime involving moral turpitude. And there's some exceptions for that. There's, it's called the petty, the petty uh, theft exception. There's some con, uh, um, certain simple possession convictions for marijuana, 30 grams or less, 
that's most likely not gonna, if you have one, you're fine. Um, but I mean, uh, one gram of cocaine, you're gone. No waiver. That's um, too bad because the South American shit's really good. Yeah, well, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm pretty sure whatever I've ever put up my nose was made in somebody's kitchen. <laughs> uh, well, hey. So does anybody ever tell you that you look like Hugo Morganson? I feel like I'm hanging out with Aragorn right now. Uh, well, no, I've never heard that. I'll take it, though, because I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my wife would totally have a crush on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess it, it's better to be Aragorn than the guy in Eastern Promises. What's Eastern Promises? Oh, that's you've never seen Eastern Promises? No, I've never even heard of it, man. And I'm into that okay. all that dorky stuff. Eastern Promises. That's with uh, it's with Viggo Mortensen, and mm. he ends up having a naked fight scene in the in a Russian bathhouse. Full frontal. Wow. Your wife would wow. love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll have to let her know about that next yeah, time she's yeah, hounded right. me. I got something yeah. for you to watch. Just give me yeah. give me 10 more minutes. I'm still working. Yeah. Meantime, watch this. <laughs> well, to go back to your previous question about Patriot Act, the second yeah, that came yeah, out, yeah. I went full tinfoil hat. Like full yeah. moon. I'm like, this Alex is Jones. the end of Yeah, I'm like, this is the end of America. This well, you weren't wrong. I fucking wasn't wrong. See, the, the prognosis is always correct. It's it's the timeline that people get wrong. Like Schiff has been correct about collapse for like 10 years, 15, 20 years. But yep. it, they always say it's always acting like it's going to happen tomorrow. And it's like, you know, maybe it's 50 it years from now. Like, I think, you're right. But man, it's like. Yeah, I was yeah. I was I thought there was going to be martial law. Like when when the, when the planes hit the tower, I'll never forget that night going out and thinking to myself, they're going to declare martial law. There's going to be tanks on the streets. Like Especially thinking, yeah, in the city, yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up watching. One of my favorite movies as a kid was Red Dawn, so I was like, oh, I love Red for, Dawn. The eighties one is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a classic. Patrick Swayze, yeah. right? I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the chain like fences and avenge me. I'm like, the whole thing. I'm dying for the whole thing. To happen. I forgot about that scene. That's classic. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm. I, that's what I thought was going to be happening within short order. That they were going to basically suspend the habeas corpus. There was going to be martial law, uh, the, the surveillance, the whole thing. And we, uh, I had to dig through it. Um, Turns and, out it was just the Patriot Act. Yeah, I mean, very vanilla. Very vanilla. <laughs> basically, so, martial law. So, and then we would always like. I would always joke for years that you know, don't make phone calls on yourself. Just you have to use a landline, and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. Apparently, I was. You know, you're not crazy if you're correct. You know what blows my mind is how you know Snowden had that major, his famous relief release, you know, leak, mm-hmm. and ten years go by, and it comes out that the NSA is listening to the uh, Tucker Carlson's emails, and I'm like, you guys are surprised. Like this literally leaked ten years ago that they're listening to all right. of our emails. Like, what right. the hell? Like, why, why are you? Why are you outraged now? Like they, they're always doing this. And I just think well, people don't care until it happens directly to them or someone that they follow. And, and the FISA court. And that's the reason why I voted for Donald Trump, because when I found out that they had a Democratic agent that created a dossier that was was dropped into the laps of the FBI, who used it to materially lie to a FISA court judge to unmask an agent of the Trump, Trump campaign and then take that information and somehow use it to 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 trump up impeachment charges against trump i mean i'm like mm-hmm. this is fucking this is from a 
a bad movie. Like mm-hmm. it's so, it's so transparently clear that what they're doing is they're trying to remove a duly elected president. And, yeah. I mean, and don't, and I'm not even going to get into the whole this last election with with the the ballot harvesting and all that bullshit. I I think I'd like to see what's going on in Arizona. I want to find out what happens with all that stuff. But I think for for me, the thing that upset me the most was that the Supreme Court ruled that there was no standing prior to the end of the election and then after the election, it was moot. So when do you have a cause of action if you can't bring it before you're aggrieved and then after you're aggrieved, you don't have anything to, to be pissed off about? So, I mean, and that was John yeah. Roberts. That was John Roberts just fucking the Constitution in the ass. Hell of a guy. Hell of a yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Way to man, go, so, George W. Bush. Way to go. We love you. I know, man. He he, but he does give. He gives Michelle candy, and he paints. So this he's all, all is forgiven. All is I'll forgiven. tell you what. I tell you what. Hitler was a bad guy, but his paintings are way more impressive. Impressive. <laughs> I will be honest with you. I have not seen a Hitler painting. It's it's a Google it's it. Bo- right. It'll blow your mind. Seriously, Google it. Google um in in, in another tab. Google Winston yeah. Churchill painting. Oh, I've seen his. Yeah, they're the, they're the same exact oh, style. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure, I've seen. And I, I'm not. I'm not an art connoisseur or critic. You know, I I I know what I like and I know what I don't. But um, it seems to me that he's pretty pretty good. He had a knack for it. Not necess- Not like Picasso, good, but you know. Well, I mean, pretty talented. Water knack for painting and for killing my ancestors. So we had all bases covered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that guy. No, I'm not endorsing his uh, his personality no, because of his because of his his, uh, his you know depth perception. And, and and realistically, Trump was literally Hitler too. So I mean, yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. You know, I, you know what's funny to me, man. Like I totally believe in the uh, like manifestation of tyranny and that the direction that we're going is toward authoritarianism. But why mm-hmm. is it that the left thinks that every form of authoritarian authoritarianism is going to immediately be Nazi? Like. Like I, th- I think that one day it's very likely or possible that you know we're going to have an authoritarian government in the United States, but I think it'll be a very novel form of authoritarianism. I don't think it's going to be like anything seen before. No, it's going to be like, well, show me your papers to get into the restaurant that you want to go to, right? Or the baseball game you want to go to, or if you want to fly, or if you want to open up a bank account. Uh, yeah. And then, and then they're, and, and then, I mean, what they're doing right now is pretty much akin to what's going on in China with regards to the, your social media acceptability. I mean, they can completely wipe out your ability to make money because you don't hold the correct left leaning opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ryan Dawson had to basically move to Japan because he can't do anything here. Are you familiar with him? Very controversial. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's not an anti-Semitic from a racial standpoint, but very anti-Israel and um, very vocal about it. Kind of, he makes like, um, so he's a Democrat? Not, no, he's not. He's like a, he's like a, um, I would say almost like a Confederate. He's just like a very oh. kind of, you know, South should have won type guy. Oh. And he's, he's really bright, but he's, the war um, but he's of Southern, the war of Northern, it, it, aggression. Northern aggression. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very bright guy. He's just odd. And he, and he makes these documentaries that are like four and a half hours long on his webcam and they're very impressive and compelling, but they're, you know, they're, they're out there. Right. And anyway, he basically got banned from Venmo, banned from PayPal, banned from, uh, I don't think he can have a bank account in the United States. And um, not on any social media platform. And he moved to Japan and to, 
yeah, in 2006, he moved to Japan. He moved to Japan after Bush got elected the second time because he didn't. He said he he said I asked him why. He said because I don't want to pay for the bombing of children. <laughs> you know, he's thinking like Iraq, you know, uh, collateral damage okay. type stuff, right? Okay. And, and, and I like the guy a lot, so don't get me wrong. I know that I know that he's he's out there, but um. I don't know. I don't know the point. I'd I probably like I just, to have a conversation with him as well. I'll talk to him. You know, I could get you on at the same time, actually. You guys would have a, a sure. good conversation. But um, the point that I was trying to make is that the stuff that you were citing as, you know, like like C, like CCP type shit it, it does, ha, has started to happen already or has oh, been happening yeah. to to the most fringe of us. Like like when Alex Jones got banned, everyone's like, oh, it's just because he's a maniac. And then now it's like every other person that I ever followed on Twitter is getting banned. Like, I'm no Nick Fuentes fan, but why, why'd you ban him? The president of the United States yeah. got banned yeah. from Twitter. Yeah, I mean, like, what the fuck? I mean, I yeah. don't care what he says. He was still the president of the United States. He didn't break their terms. They just said, we don't, we, we don't want you here because you're an insurrectionist. Because yeah, a guy, they, yeah, they banned him for inciting violence, but he never once incited violence on his on Twitter. Well, what about all the Democrats that were calling for violence for the better part of a summer and or actually raising money to to bail out violent criminals? I think this is the reason why, and the other reason why I ended up voting for a Republican, and not that Trump's a Republican, but I voted for Trump, voted yeah. for a, a, a main party candidate, was because the hypocrisy became too much for me to handle. I just, I can't yeah. deal. It's the Democrat. Okay. We'll go back to my wheelhouse with, um, I represented, um, a large number of unaccompanied minors back under the Obama administration and in the Trump administration who were refugees coming to the, the country and my own, uh, bar association, the American immigration lawyers association that I'd served as an elected director of the board of governors on, uh, secretly and privately endorsed Joe Biden for president, first time in the history of the association to make a uh, an endorsement of a candidate, and they did privately, it in sort of to, a, to privately endorse. That's kind of an oxymoron, almost, right? Well, the they endorsed. It, is... They basically said, you know, all of the members need to vote for, right. for Joe Biden, and uh, and they did because of the human rights violations that were being perpetrated by the Trump administration. And meanwhile, we're what nine months into the Biden administration. Is it nine months? Eight, seven months, eight months, uh, January 20th, right? January 20th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah we're, we're coming up on, we're in the eighth month of the eight, year. So. Eighth month, yeah. So in any event, seven, eight months, uh, there's 17,000 kids in cages right now. 17,000. And it's unheard of. It's completely unprecedented. There, uh, there was a, a huge scandal. It wasn't a huge scandal. It was a, a huge issue that barely got a blip on the radar that they were trying to downplay the amount of of, of uh, cases of COVID and, and immigration detention. And, mm -hmm. and it, like, all of the things that they were, that the far left immigration lawyers that are really just hyper-partisan Democrats, they, and that couldn't argue their way out of a paper bag, let alone win in, win in court. Um, their way out of a paper bag. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, they're pathetic, they're lazy, they're, they're generally not all that smart, obviously don't have a very high opinion of most of them. If, if they were Marginal LSAT scores. Yeah, that's kind of why they went into immigration law, uh, pretty much because <laughs> if, if they commit malpractice, their their clients deported and can't go after them. That's the Ooh, large... I never that's, thought that's of a, it like that. Mm -hmm. It's a large percentage of the immigration bar, especially ones that go into court. They're, uh, most of them are incompetent, a large, a large percentage of them. But in any event, so it's just the hypocrisy. It's like 
orange man bad was the mm-hmm. rallying cry for Joe Biden. There was no, I don't really know any of the policies that Joe Biden ran on other than the infrastructure bill. That was all I can really recall. That and he wasn't Trump. And yeah, he put a lid yeah. on, he put a lid on the rest of his campaign. Well, I think that, um, I think that people were yearning for the comfort and predictability of a boring president. You know, because after Obama was out of office, and I'm no fan of Obama, but as I was a college student at the time, and I I didn't like him then, but everything felt like it was going to be okay. Like, he just felt like a president I didn't like. But I wasn't worried about, like, the future of the the nation, right? And I think that with Trump, though I supported him, uh, you know, he was a a very incendiary figure. Is a very incendiary figure. Trump's embarrassing. He's yeah, yeah, he's he's obnoxious sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that people were like, "Man, I'd rather I'd rather have the guy who is very closely associated with Barack Obama and cannot, you know, utter a complete sentence as president than hear another good point, you know, from this obnoxious loudmouth uh, <laughs> guy, you know." And I think that's you know, it, if 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 Trump uh, legitimately lost the election, um, which I I don't know, I go back and forth on what I think happened. But if he if he lost, it's because people voted against him, not because people voted for Biden. Uh, without know? a doubt, and I don't believe that he legitimately lost the election, and I and I think it's because they the Democrats changed the rules midstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if the even if the votes were all legal, it was still so shitty that they changed the rules in the middle of the game. You, you can't, can't change the rules of chess in the middle of a match. That's exactly. I mean, and and that's the whole point. Yeah. If, if, if you follow Ron uh, Ron Coleman, on, do you follow Ron? Oh yeah, yeah. He's been on the show, man. I love. He's Ron. the best. The, the yeah. best. Yeah, you just started a uh, podcast too, Culmination. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great. Uh, and he, this is his wheelhouse. He's a constitutional lawyer. I'm just a fucking hack, immigration lawyer. Uh, well, didn't you have to take constitutional law in order to? Like, I, I, you, I did, I did, and I and I use. It's it not that long of a, a document. Like no. anybody can read it. <laughs> it's true. Well, yeah, I, I don't know how many people in Congress have actually read it, especially, and I know that Governor Cuomo hasn't. Yeah. Don't get me started on the Safe Act, which he was railing, which he was touting. What is the Safe is, Act? The Safe Act is the law in New York State that makes it illegal to have cosmetic features on uh, your semi-automatic rifle with a detachable magazine because it makes it to use Dana Lash's. Um, uh, he decided that, it, that he was going to do that right before he resigned. No, no, no. That happened years ago. That happened oh, years ago. They they passed the law. It was a clandestine law that they passed under the emergency provisions with no public comment in the middle of the night at its signed. Emergency and, provisions? Like yeah. The homicide rates are through the roof. This is a public emergency, that kind of shit? Yep. <sighs> That's the problem uh, I have with emergency was, powers was, it, because it, nobody, right after, nobody knows. How, like, it, it anybody can right just declare an emergency. It might have been oh. right after Sandy Hook, I think. I, you know, so they banned assault rifles, which basically means that you can have a semi-automatic rifle with a it detachable. It's already magazine. illegal to shoot schools, though. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know? we, need, we need more laws that says that it's illegal to take a rifle and kill children. Right. But in any event, uh, all it basically did was it said, if you have a, a rifle that's semi-automatic with a detachable magazine, it can't have a series of other cosmetic features because that will make it an assault rifle. So it can't have a pistol grip, but it can have a grip at a 45 degree angle. It can't right. have a muzzle brake. Right. in so, California. Right. So the, the weapon isn't any less effective. I mean, maybe not. slightly less effective. The vast majority any... of homicides or, or death or gun deaths rather are, are with a 22. Like, 
it's very small round. Like it, it's 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 the it, the guns that aren't frightening that you know wind up are most common. They don't. So, don't this is the whole point. They don't want the average citizen to be able to organize into an informal militia to be able to combat against tyranny. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but that's the design of the Second Amendment. And we've seen it play out. I think it was the Bundy Ranch under Obama where the ATF came in and all of these guys from all over the country came to um, and were stationed on top of a bridge. And you saw the ATF like backing away. They were in full blown retreat because there was like, I don't know, a hundred and something guys with rifles saying, fuck you. You're not taking, you're not coming on this guy's land and taking his shit. How have I never heard of that? Is there a video of that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what year was that? It was during Obama, Bundy Ranch standoff. Let's see. Bundy Ranch standoff. I think it was Bundy. I'm going to Google that, man. Yeah. The Bundy's, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clive and Bundy's cattle still graze on federal land five years after. So this was back in 2019. Yeah, and so they whole, were they trying to do eminent domain on his property for some stupid reason or something? No, I think okay, I, I, I'm not sure about the whole thing. But maybe it was BLM, Bureau of Land Management, that went on. I can't remember oh, if it okay. was ATF or BLM. It doesn't make a difference. It was the feds. So Bundy, they don't call it BLM had, anymore. Oh, <laughs> you're right about that. Uh, <laughs> Got rebranded, man. It's like Delta yeah. Airlines and Corona beer. Okay, so I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm screwing up the whole thing, and I'm sure I don't remember anything that really happened. But my recollection is that he had his cattle on federal land, and I mm. think they were coming on the land to try to get his to kill. Might have killed his cat. Here, here's Wikipedia. Wikipedia is always correct. Uh, <laughs> well, it's correct enough. Yeah, exactly. So I think there might have been there was a, 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 an order directing Bunny to pay a million dollar withheld grazing fees because Bunny's use of federally owned land adjacent to his ranch, and so his cattle was, was grazing on on federal land, and they were they were charging him grazing fees a million bucks apparently. He was paying it, and they said if you don't pay it, we're going to take your cattle. And he said, "Come and take it." And got all his neighbors to shop. Oh, yeah. with the rifles came from all over the country. Like, <laughs> and they oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and they just they backed the fuck out. That's so. What do you think? Treated. What do you think would happen if every if every Republican just said we're not paying income taxes this year? What would practically? How would that actually play out from a practical standpoint? Well, uh, you would have to get um, a Republican legislature and a Republican governor in that state to basically say that if the feds come in to try to enforce federal uh, IRS law, we're going to arrest you and we're going we're to put you in jail. And then there's a standoff between the feds and the state. Because otherwise, I mean, so that's what I, I don't think that there's any way that it would happen without the backing of your state government. Um, right. I, I, I mean, it, it, if you could organize that, the feds would come in immediately and there would be a gigantic, the, the, the ringleaders would be, I mean, we've seen what happens. Ruby Ridge, they, they'll, they'll just, they'll, the feds will come in and just start killing people because that's what they do. So, you know, um, one of the things that I, uh, that I think about a lot is just general, the general decline of societies, right? So like a lot of people make comparisons to what happened in Rome, to what's happening in America. And they try to, you know, see if there's any similarities or learn from what happened to Rome uh, uh, in terms of like, you know, hyper expansion and debasing of currency and stuff like that. But, you know, this is really the first time, and I've said this before on the podcast, but I, I want to bring it up to you because I want to hear your feedback. This is really the first time that there's ever been a civilization, at least in recorded history, that has like a hyper sophisticated intelligence um like branch of government that is like there's no checks and balances right so like 
yeah, like Caesar had his own private guard or whatever, and his you know his own police or whatever. But this is like the first time that, yeah, this is this is like the first time that we have um, branches of government that are like the intelligence community, for example, like the FBI or the CIA, where when something wrong happens, uh, when 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 there's a crime committed by these entities, it seems like all they do is conduct an internal investigation, and they don't have to tell anybody else anything, even politicians, Mm -hmm. even presidents, unless they specifically ask or have need to know, and so. I guess the reason I want to bring this up is um, how are we going to keep this this branch of government in check? I mean, it's we're not like a three-branch government anymore. There's executive branch, judicial branch, a legislative branch, and an intelligence branch. Mm-hmm. Yes, without a doubt. And they're incredibly well-funded and well, didn't armed. They withhold, when Trump was president-elect, didn't they talk about withholding briefings from him? Yeah, I can't remember the details of why that was. I think it, 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 he was president-elect and they weren't telling him anything because he wasn't technically in office yet, but it was unprecedented and they were just kind of being assholes. I mean, it, it, there is no question that the FBI worked with the Democrats to try to get Hillary Clinton elected. There's yeah, just, but why, I, did, I mean, why did Comey screw it up for, though, like two days before? I, I agree with Comey you, like, I, I, but I can't explain that. I can't explain why he would have well, done that. Okay. This is the reason why, because he figured it wouldn't make a difference. Nobody believed, well, at least I'm not saying nobody. Yeah, I, I know I didn't, Trump believe, was gonna win. I didn't believe that no Trump way. could win. All we heard was uh, was Nate Silver talking about the odds for uh, a right. year. There was well, no and the pollsters chance. hadn't lied that, that much before. Exactly. You know? Exactly. There was no way that Trump was going to win. So basically what Comey was trying to do was in my opinion, preserve the sanctity of the institution by saying, this is what she did wrong, but it's not a, a, a criminal offense. Completely make the case for a criminal offense, but then say that she's not going to be charged. And then she wins and it's all forgotten and, and, and Trump goes away. I mean, and that's what was supposed to happen. And then why is she, all, why is she and, not in prison, man? I don't understand. Oh, it seems like innocent I, people go to prison and the guilty people just don't. I would, I would be in jail so fast. You mean you, I have friends in Department of State. If any single one of them had a private server in their bathroom that they were running professional emails through, classified shit, you think those people wouldn't be spending the rest of their lives in jail? I mean, that was her, that was her pattern in practice. And then and she, she didn't even deny that that was happening. Like that, that that's not no. even a conspiracy. The conspiracies are, are centered around what was the content of the emails because they were all deleted. Nobody knows, right? But well, the fact that she actually had this, the fact that she actually had the server, and we do know that some of the, the emails were classified. But the fact mm-hmm. that she actually had it, that's undisputed. I mean, I that that's public information. The, the crime was committed. It's, I don't it's, understand why. Why were there no prosecutions? Is it up to the AG? Is that is just, is is that just the deal that the AG has to decide yeah, what cases I mean, to prosecute? Remember, there was there was there was a freaking meeting on the tarmac with Bill Clinton and uh, was it Loretta Lynch? They were just they were just talking about grandkids and golf. Oh, yoga pants, I'm sure. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. But I tell you what, I mean, man, as much as much as Bill is a shithead, I, I just I like that guy. Oh, <laughs> smoothest motherfucker of all time. <laughs> Because yep. those, uh, those, when he, my first, my first third party vote was um, Ross Perot. Mm-hmm. I'm all ears. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I voted for Ross Perot and when Clinton won, mm-hmm. and, and if my recollection is correct, it was Herbert Walker, uh, Perot and, and, uh, and Clinton. So yeah, Clinton wins. Right. And so 
that was my life, my life, the end of college for me. And uh, I can remember hating Bill Clinton. I was just, I just hated Bill Clinton. But I'd watch, every, I watched, this year was the first State of the Union that I didn't watch in my adult life. And I love the State of the Union. I just think it's great theater. I like to see, you know, the whole thing. And I can remember every single time that I listened to Bill Clinton's State of the Union, I thought to myself, motherfucker smooth. Yeah. He says it all. There's nothing I can really disagree with there. He hits all yeah. the high marks. I mean, he just, you know, and, and as much as I didn't like Bill Clinton, I didn't care about the whole Monica Lewinsky. No, better uh, blowjobs than no jobs, bro. So, so, um, <laughs> The, 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 if you watch the whole clip where you know he famously says I did not have sexual relations with that woman or something mm-hmm. to that effect, if you watch the whole clip, I think it's I think it's really interesting how right at the end of that it's all it's often cut off, but right at the end of that press conference, he goes, "Now I need to go back to work trying to get internet put in all our schools." <laughs> it's just so dated, it like makes it 1995 all and, over again. And the irony is that internet's for porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man but uh, i don't know man this yeah, the whole monica thing is really weird because if that were to happen today you realize how many like um abusive power allegations would be made against the president for like you know she was working for you she was an intern she didn't want to like if that happened today i think she certainly would come out and said i didn't want to i just felt like i had to because it was the president how is how is the president supposed to get laid by the way so say say you're a single president um unmarried whatever and you want to sleep with somebody you know just because they're hot and you know similar interests whatever how do you do that without them being able to make the accusation that you know they they were overwhelmed by your power and they 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 felt like they um couldn't deny you um your advances go out with someone that's richer than you oh i like that i like that rosie o'donnell go rihanna's a billionaire yeah you just got to hit on somebody with money. Boom. Dude, I, sh- I knew I shouldn't have been sleeping with poor chicks. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell what you, man. Say, what do they say? First time for love, second time for money? Is that, is, that, is that what they say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Was that, was that Marcus Aurelius? So. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I tell you what. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks for mm-hmm. coming on. Where can people find you? Uh, at M Colkin on Twitter, M K O L K E N is a Nancy. Uh, I'm always throwing fireballs, so feel free to, to, to yell back at me if you feel like it. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Let's, uh, let's stay in touch and let's do this again sometime. I really appreciate it. It was a good, it was a good call. Thanks. All right, man. Take care. Bye.